0: The smell of death and fear still lingers in the air, haunting those who survived and those who lost loved ones. The killer was a man consumed by a dark and twisted hatred who saw himself as a lone warrior against the world. But his thirst for power and control over women would lead him down a path of destruction and bloodshed. Welcome to our channel, everyone, and the name Jake Davison sends chills down the spines of those who remember his reign of terror. Davison's disregard for mental health and the law would culminate in one of the most devastating assaults in English history. As I delve deeper into his enigmatic case, I am reminded of the dangers of unchecked rage and the horrors that can lurk within the human soul. The story of Jake Davison is a grim reminder that evil can take on many forms and that it often hides in plain sight. So take a deep breath and walk with me through the dark. This day, we're going to the southwesternmost point of England and arriving in the gorgeous county of Devon. Devon, you have arrived in the West Country. Devon is often regarded as one of the most gorgeous regions in the United Kingdom. Somerset and Cornwall, two bordering counties, also share this reputation. Its wild and windswept moors that stretch out beyond the horizon are said to be home to numerous myths and stories as well as fairies, according to popular belief. stunning cliffs and many recognized areas of exceptional natural beauty can be found along the coasts, which are home to some of the most azure and crystal clear waters in the whole nation's seas. And this is just one of the numerous reasons why vacationers in the UK who are searching for a place to go away during their time off fought to spend it in this region. And it is in this port city of Plymouth that we locate the home of 22-year-old Jake Davison, who resided on Biddick Drive with his mother, Maxine. The Davisons had been living there for a while. Due to the financial challenges of raising a kid on one's own, Maxine and her son resided in accommodation that was subsidized by the government. This type of housing is more often referred to as council housing in the United Kingdom. In their whole lives, Jake and his mother had never lived anywhere other than the keen neighborhood of Plymouth. Although Maxine had moved to a more secluded spot before giving birth to Jake, the Shetland Islands were still her permanent home. And while she was living on the islands, she ultimately became friends with a man called Mark Davison, a local fisherman. This wasn't necessarily good news, since Mark was a well-known hooligan on the islands, frequently getting into fights and suffering with his alcohol issues. Well, chats led to feelings, and before they knew it, the two of them were welcoming two new babies into the world, Jake's elder siblings, Zoe and Josh. However, because Mark tended to drink and engage in antisocial conduct, tensions between the pair increased during the course of their relationship. And not long after Maxine discovered she was pregnant with their third child, Jake, the couple parted ways, with Maxine relocating to a little suburb located to the north of Plymouth called Keene. Unfortunately, this transfer would cause Maxine and new baby Jake to become separated from Jake's brother and sister, Zoe and Josh, who would continue to reside on the island. Even though Maxine had moved quite far away from her family at this point, she was still able to maintain some kind of contact with them. It was not uncommon for either her or Jake to stay for an extended amount of time during their visits. Despite this, Jake's mother and grandparents developed growing concerns about their grandson's behavior while they were visiting. He was a fairly calm person overall, but he also had a reputation for becoming agitated very quickly. And even as a young child, he already shown signs of having anger management problems. As a result of Maxine's concerns, Jake was evaluated for possible learning disabilities, and following an extensive diagnostic process, an autism diagnosis was finally reached for him. Particularly for a woman who is raising her kid on her own, the experience of having a child with autism may be both a blessing and a burden. And when Jake was six years old, She was undecided about whether or not she should enroll him in a regular public school or a specialized school for children with special needs. At the end, Maxine decided to enroll her son at Mount Tamer, a school that is supported by the public sector and caters to students who have learning disabilities and special needs. The maximum number of pupils who could be enrolled at the school was 110. The school was not very large. On the other hand, The government provided an extremely inadequate amount of funding for it, and as a result, it did not have the best reputation. Jake had a reputation as a shy student who didn't get along with many of his classmates at school. Because of his autism, it was difficult for him to interact with other children and form relationships with them. And so it was that Jake lived his boyhood all by himself in isolation. In the majority of his spare time, He would visit his relatives on the Shetland Islands and spend time with his mother. And when he was in his teens, Jake would find bodies to hang out with on the internet. Jake had a hard time making friends in real life, but he had no trouble making friends online. He spent a lot of time playing video games and participating in online discussion forums. And despite the fact that he was a shy kid, he wasn't particularly a trouble kid either. Instead. The neighbors spoke highly of him as a kind young man, and they remarked on how frequently they saw him accompanying his mother to the grocery store for weekly shopping duty. Jake did not start viewing his life in a particularly pessimistic manner until he was in his late teens. The fact that he was unable to find a partner was one of the most significant sources of aggravation in his life. You have to understand that Jake's desire to consummate his first sexual encounter was blatantly obvious from the time he was in his late teens and continued throughout his adulthood. In point of fact, when Jake was 22 years old, he would constantly discuss this issue on his channel on YouTube known as Professor Waffle. He would usually blame his own mental obstacles as well as his appearance. Simply by glancing at a woman, I could get a sense of her you know what I mean. Simply, do you understand? And I did have girls who were interested in me. It's like my head is inside of me. I let them to enter me. And silly, ridiculous mental obstacles such as saying things like, oh, like for me, it was, like for me, a lot of the reason I didn't was because I was fat. You are probably aware that when I was sitting there, I found myself wondering, How can I be on top of this girl with my fat voice, my fat stomach? Cracks in Jake's personality started to appear when he was a teenager, namely at the age of 17, and this coincided with the beginning of Jake's downward spiral in terms of his behaviors, ideas, and personal philosophy. One incident that stands out is the one that took place in 2016 when he was given a warning by the police for hitting a man who was 25 years old and his pregnant fiancé as they strolled about his local area. It has been stated that Jake hit this man approximately 20 times throughout their altercation, which was entirely unprovoked. He was reported to the law enforcement officials. Jake could not be arrested, however, since there was insufficient proof, and the investigation into the event was finally closed. Throughout the entirety of this occurrence, the police did not appear to take the situation of the victim seriously, and sadly, these particulars were never recorded in Jake's file. After waiting another year, in June of 2017, Jake submitted his application for a gun's license in order to purchase a shotgun. He was a regular on many online gun forums, particularly those found on Reddit, and he finally decided that he needed one of his own. When it comes to obtaining a license to carry a handgun, the United Kingdom has some quite stringent regulations. The long and the short of it is that you need to have a very strong cause for wanting to acquire one, and you also need to be seen not to be a threat to public safety in order to qualify. Jake's application did not include any compelling evidence or justification. He did not work or live on a form and he had no interest in shooting clay pigeons. He lived in the city. He had no desire to shoot clay pigeons. In spite of this, his application was curiously accepted in 2018, and now Jake was legally entitled to possess a firearm, and he had a pump-action shotgun, which, to be honest, as a fellow English bloke, doesn't seem natural at all here in the UK. Jake's application had been approved in 2018. Jake began to cultivate his own personal views in life while he was in his late teens and continued to do so well into his early adulthood. As Jake's mother became more and more opposed to his viewpoints, Jake's hatred for his own mother grew. The two were always at odds with one another and engaged in intense debates. When Jake was a little kid, his mother qualified for financial assistance from the government in order to ensure that the family had a place to live. However, because he had reached the age of majority, 18 years or more, she was no longer qualified to collect that income. Jake didn't appear to be aware of how much of a difference this made to their financial situation, and after he lost that advantage, he was compelled to acquire a job. He ended up finding employment as a scaffolder so that he could contribute to the upkeep of the house. From this point forward, Jake would frequently use the internet to vent about how much he detested his mother, but nobody would pay any attention to what he had to say. And in this context, Jake would also vent his frustrations over his interactions with women, ranting about how he believed they were all simple-minded and how all they cared about was money. Maxine did not share many of her son's opinions, beginning with his tendency toward nihilism and continuing all the way through to his perspective on women. You know, a lot of women have pretty basic minds, and they aren't all that brilliant. A lot of them. The influence of social media and their belief that they are princesses combine with this. They reach adulthood. Many women's thoughts are straightforward and uncomplicated. The only thing that makes sense to them is when you talk about intellect and cleverness because they know that you do. Women couldn't care less about any of these stuff, period. If you didn't get it, you should know. You do, you think they care about the tiny autistic boy over there who won the International Mathematics Olympiad, or what do you think? What the heck does it matter? They couldn't care less about, underscore, underscore. They would carry them even if they said something like, oh yeah, the winning prize is $1.5 million. However, wealth and social standing can only go you so far. He had developed an extremely sexist perspective of women over the course of his life, coming to believe that he deserved them but would never be able to have them. And he started to feel as though he had endured sufficient pain and that he was now qualified to have his very own woman. He also thought that he was destined to spend the rest of his life alone, and as a result, he lacked any interest or motivation in life. Jake's long-term dedication to a specific set of online forums on the internet, where he could locate and chat to individuals who believed similarly to himself, was likely one of the primary reasons that he formed and decided on this ideology. This commitment was likely one of the primary reasons that Jake developed and settled on this ideology. The majority of his social connection was developed via the use of websites such as Reddit, which is one of the most prominent public forums in the world. And when he was here, he regularly looked at and commented on discussions that were related to the incel movement and gun aficionados. It calls this situation is the incel community. For those who are unaware, incel is an acronym that stands for involuntary celibate and refers to those who discover that they are unable to have any romantic or sexual success. Jake was a follower of the Black philosophy, which is a word that incels use to refer to the belief that unless they were physically appealing, women would not want to be with them. Jake thought this to be true. This viewpoint is typically accompanied by one of two courses of action. Either accept the prospect of spending the rest of one's life alone or look for consolation or answers in acts of violence. The unfortunate truth is, and this is just my opinion, I believe that a significant number of people are under the impression that the term black pill refers to incel men only. It's something that a lot of males can relate to in this day and age. It's really difficult for a lot of males to go six months or even a whole year without having sexual encounters. It is incredibly normal to not receive even a single compliment from a person. You should know, what do you believe might be behind the continued increase in the number of attacks and other similar incidents? And women speak about it because the truth is that women don't need men any longer, and they definitely don't want don't need guys who are average or below average and women talk about it because the reality is that women don't need men anymore jake also spent a lot of time on the subreddit known as r slash doomer which is a community for people who feel that there is no sense in trying anymore because they have already failed that everything they have ever attempted in their lives nihilists make up the majority of the members of this community as you can see Jake did not have the best online habits, and he surrounded himself with people who were negative and furious about the world and the people in it. He also put himself in an echo chamber full of people who were upset. Jake had become a very disagreeable and agitated guy as a direct result of all of this pessimism and nihilism. It had gotten to the point where he was unpredictable, erratic, and just all over annoying to be around. This behavior was alarming to a good deal of Jake's relatives. They had been attempting for a considerable amount of time to seek help for their mental health through the National Health Service, NHS. In spite of this, and in a manner quite similar to that of our earlier example, supply was overshadowed by demand. The wait times to visit a counselor or even a psychologist might take many months to complete. They had no reason to have hope. So put this into perspective, Jake's father, who had completely reinvented his life after serving time in jail, had been looking for help for his son's mental health since 2017. However, too much time had gone, and the year 2020 had arrived. The epidemic that had been kept secret was now sweeping across the nation. The public health sector was burdened with excessive patients, insufficient staff, and inadequate funding. At this point in time, the wait for aid with mental health might be eyes. And Maxine, Jake's mother, was aware of this fact. But she was so concerned about her son's well-being that she went to the extreme of informing the police about her son's behavior and demanding that they do a welfare check on her own child. Nevertheless, in spite of this, the authorities would never investigate her claims, which would be a disappointing outcome. Jake would get into a public brawl with two teens from his neighborhood in the year 2020. The conflict would become so heated that the authorities would finally revoke his weapons license and take away his pump-action shotgun. And despite the fact that this appears to be in everyone's best interest, the police observed that Jake did not have any prior convictions on his record. Hence, they reached a consensus that he could get his license and pistol back provided he completed an anger management class. Naturally, Jake agreed, and after successfully completing this training in the spring of 2021, he would get his pistol back in the summer of the same year. However, this was a recklessly stupid move and the police had no clue that returning this pistol to such an erratic individual was the critical factor in a catastrophic occurrence that would take place just one month later. It's exactly the same as in Terminator, right? You should realize that there is nothing to fate. You should realize that the central idea of the Terminator films is that the deck is stacked against you in every way. You are aware that there is no hope for humanity, right? Do you realize that our species is on the verge of being extinct? These machines are indestructible killing machines that cannot be defeated and cannot be outwitted in any way. But despite this, mankind continues to strive to fight to the very end. Even though I am aware that it is a movie, there are moments when I want to think about anything along the lines of Terminator or something like that. Despite the fact that they have reached practically complete system breakdown. He continues to work toward the completion of his objective. The 12th of August, 2021 The day started off like any other summer day in England, and the tranquil suburb of Kiam was basking in a nice temperature of 20 degrees Celsius, 68 degrees Fahrenheit, when it did so. Residents were seen out and about in the parks, attending to their canine companions, mingling with their families, and generally making the most of the warm summer evening. But they had no idea that a local man's long-simmering anger and resentment had finally reached a tipping point at that particular moment. Jake Davison, who got his gun back to him at last, was wallowing in his own storm as he became increasingly frustrated. Towards a long time, he had the impression that his existence did not have any purpose, and at this point, His hatred towards the general population had reached its pinnacle. There was one person in his life who he believed he could blame for all of the years and future years of his misfortune and suffering. A person that loved him deeply, but he couldn't see it. He felt that he could blame that person for all of the years of his misfortune and sorrow. In the last years of his life, he had developed a deep-seated hatred for her. Jake was already in a foul mood. He had just had his Reddit account suspended the night before for making exceedingly improper comments about a 16-year-old girl. Jake's behavior had led to the suspension of his account, and as a result of his account being disabled, he became irate. Despite his unstable mental condition, Jake chose this moment to start a new disagreement with his mother, which was nothing out of the ordinary in their home. They frequently did not share his views on women or his outlook on life, as was previously said. The argument from today, however, would sadly come to a completely different conclusion. Jake stormed inside his room in a rage-filled state of indignation before picking up his shotgun, doing a U-turn, and then heading back down the corridor. And then, without warning, he barged into his mother's bedroom and opened fire striking her many times in the head and chest with his gun. She was instantaneously murdered as she hit the floor after falling. This wasn't good enough for Jake. He was well aware of the repercussions of what he'd just done, and he felt as though there was no point in living if he was going to have to face them. So Jake didn't halt. He didn't falter. Instead of doing that, He reloaded his shotgun before entering the front door and then fled to the peaceful cul-de-sac on Bidick Drive. As soon as he stepped outside of the home, he noticed a man standing on the opposite side of the road. This gentleman's name was Lee Martin, and he was out and about with his adoptive daughter Sophie, who was three years old. When Lee noticed that Jake was coming at them aggressively with a shotgun, he attempted to protect his daughter who was blissfully carrying a toy pram at the time. Jake was aggressively approaching the two of them. Jake fired the trigger, which resulted in Lee and Sophie being struck by the gun and suffering tragic deaths as a result of their wounds. The sound of gunfire reverberated throughout the neighborhood, drawing the attention of the majority of its residents to the disturbed individual who had been walking down their street. Numerous homeowners called the police to report hearing the sound of gunshots. Jake kept walking down the Colby sack, while making eye contact with Ben Parsonage and Michelle Parsonage, Ben's mother. After adjusting his aim, he let another bullet go. Both the mother and boy were struck by the onslaught of bullets, yet they were both able to make it to safety despite their wounds, therefore narrowly escaping an untimely death. Jake chose a side street and then ran through a tiny neighborhood park where Stephen Washington was busy walking his two husky dogs. Washington was preoccupied because Jake was sprinting through the park. After being shot by Jake, Stephen collapsed to the ground and eventually passed away. As Jake emerged onto Royal Navy Avenue, he rushed past a bus stop and then immediately began shooting at random without giving any consideration to whether or not there were people in the path. At this point, He was unable to keep his anger and frustration from spilling out in an uncontrollable manner. Kate Shepard, who was 66 years old at the time, was seen standing in the entranceway of the blush hairdressing salon. She was smoking a cigarette while completely oblivious to the fact that an armed shooter was approaching her. And regrettably, Jake did not aim, but rather shot her as he saw her. She, too, had injuries that proved deadly. Given that Jake's activities took place over the course of many minutes and on a number of different areas, it was quite likely that the police were already aware of the situation and on their way. At this time, Jake realized that he had reached the end of his path of destruction and that there was no way he would be able to live as a free man. He also realized that he had no choice but to accept his fate. He continued strolling down the road, and when he came along a bystander who appeared to be horrified, He turned to him and said, there's nothing to worry about, mate. Jake understood that this was the final stage. He reloaded the shotgun, aimed it at his own head, and pulled the trigger, thus ending his own life. After only a few minutes had passed, law enforcement and emergency medical personnel arrived at the location equipped with tactical response teams, ambulances, professional paramedics, and air ambulances. Jake was found to be unresponsive at the scene of the accident. Five innocent individuals had lost their lives as a result of the attack, which had only lasted for six minutes but would now bring destruction to the city of Plymouth. As this terrible news traveled around the country, we eventually heard the identities of others who had been affected by Jake's actions. As time went on, both the police and the local media realized that Jake was the person responsible for the crime. As soon as that information was made public, the authorities were aware that the outcome of this situation would not go in their favor. Questions tinged with anger quickly followed. These questions were not particularly difficult to answer. Why did Jake ever have the option to purchase a firearm in the first place? Why was he not able to get the immediate help that he needs for his mental health? And why was a man who appeared to be in such a state of mental distress permitted to get his gun back? Jake was obviously an unhappy and disturbed guy, and his pessimistic outlook on life resulted in him having very little empathy for the people who were in his immediate environment. Due to the fact that he was a member of the incel community, he was able to surround himself with others who shared his beliefs. Moving forward, the two policemen who handled Jake's gun's license were penalized. This was especially linked to the confiscation and return of his shotgun, which was the reason for the disciplinary action, and as a result of Jake Davison's case. The licensing process for guns in the UK has been altered such that officials are now required to check the social media profiles of all applicants. Additionally, the Home Office issued an order to all police forces in England and Wales mandating that they conduct an immediate assessment of their procedures and ascertain whether or not any current licenses required additional scrutiny. At least the safety measures for possessing weapon licenses are being reviewed. But nothing has changed about access to mental health services, which is likely the most essential issue that has to change in this scenario as it was Jake's disturbed thinking that eventually resulted in the deaths of five innocent people, including his own mother, Maxine. After the heinous deeds that Jake had committed, the next day there was a vigil organized at North Down Crescent Park for his victims throughout the evening. As a sign of respect, flags all across the city were lowered to their half-staff positions, and Smeaton's tower was illuminated that evening. People came from all walks of life, to pay their respects to the five people who had lost their lives as a result of Jake Davison's actions, Lee Martin, Sophie Martin, Stephen Washington, Kate Shepard, and Maxine Davison. Even complete strangers were present. The National Health Service (NHS) provides an excellent level of care, based on both my direct and indirect personal experiences. However. The assistance that is provided for mental health eyes, to tell you the truth, not acceptable. It may take weeks or even months before someone is seen. As I continue to investigate instances that include incels, my level of worry for their group as a whole increases. When you concentrate your thoughts and well on the unfavorable parts of a situation, you give that feeling and that possibility an even stronger foothold in your life. I pray that the families of those who lost their lives today find comfort, resolution, and peace as they go on. The investigation for today has come to a close. So guys, this is all. Thank you for taking the time to join us for this case today. If you found it interesting or learned something new, please consider liking and following our channel if you haven't already done so. I'd like to hear your thoughts on the circumstances surrounding Jake Davison's arrest. Do you think there was anything that could have been done to prevent him from carrying out his plan? If so, what do you believe that was? Please share your thoughts with me in the comments section below. That concludes our discussion for now. I wish you all a wonderful day and assure you that I'll be back soon with another case. In the meantime, take care of one another. Goodbye.